Hey, Newsacast listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Please help us grow by subscribing or sharing the Newsacast with friends or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now let's get this show on the road. But if we can influence kids and their families early on, doesn't matter to us whether they play well or they play forever, uh, we just want them to play. That every kid at least has the opportunity. Welcome to the NoosaCast. What is a NoosaCast? It's where we bring local folk stories to life through conversation. Hello, NoosaCast listeners. We welcome you back to another amazing episode of this podcast. Uh, you are hopefully tuned in to all of our episodes as we approach episode number 12. We're in episode 12, Tash. And of course, everybody that's listening to this has hit like and has hit subscribe, right? Cheap plug right off the bat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've gone to all their, uh, you know, if you subscribe, you get this. You don't even have to think about it. Boom, there it is. Right. So that's what you want. That's what we want you to do as well. Uh, we got, you know, we got, we got some content now. We got 12 episodes in. Uh, if you're a first time listener, uh, you want to go back and listen to some of the amazing episodes and stories that we have of these athletes. Um, and I, I do want to, to mention something right away, too. Um, I, I haven't been able to talk to Maddie yet, but reading the USA Rowing website, it looks like the women's four qualified for Paris. Yes, Maddie Wanamaker. Absolutely. We had her a few episodes back on the on the four. Uh, I already forgot the name, Tash. It's the four person person rowboat. Uh, yeah, the women's yes, force. There, there we go. Completely butchered yep. that, but uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know we we hope uh, that once things settle down, worlds just uh, ended, and I'm sure there'll be some training and stuff here. But maybe we can get Maddie back on to talk a little bit about that experience and what the preparation is like going to be like coming into the Olympics. Uh, she was in the Tokyo Olympics during COVID, which is a whole different experience. This year is going to be in Paris. I'm very excited for her parents to be able to. Uh, head to Paris and see her in person as well. Uh, shout out to Tom Watermaker, former colleague of mine. Um, but yeah, I amazing. It's uh, really, really cool. Looking forward to possibly talking with her. Yeah, no, that's absolutely really cool. It's it's one of the coolest things about this podcast, isn't it, Tash? That everybody that we talk to is, is lives in our own backyard. They're from northeastern Wisconsin. And to see, yeah. you know, what, what Maddie's doing, and we're gonna have to catch back up with um well CJ Ike, our very first hockey. CJ. You know, he was he's episode number one. CJ just took another job. Uh um, he's gonna be an assistant coach down in Waterloo. So we're super excited for for yep. CJ. And then of course the Armstrongs too. I mean, they're they're getting they're getting ready yeah. to curl as well, and I think we're going to try to get those guys back on as well for for a quick update as well. So yeah, and if you enjoyed CJ's CJ's uh, team plays against the Gamblers yes. in Green Bay, so in February, can't remember the exact dates. I think it's like the sixteenth, seventeenth, somewhere in there. Uh, Waterloo will be playing uh, the Green Bay Gamblers up at the mm -hmm. Rush Center, yes. so you get a chance to see CJ on the bench. Uh, being assistant yeah, for this we'll team. respectfully boo CJ and uh, go out and have a beer with him <laughs> after, right? Yeah, you know what? And again, all of this comes up with it's a story. We're telling stories about people in the Fox Cities, and this episode that we have coming up 
is telling a story as well. And it's the story of, of local sports and youth sports um, with two amazing individuals, Joe. Absolutely, Tash. It's really the beginning of the story in a, in a sense. It's, it's the beginning of a sports story. I mean, like you said, everybody that we've talked to in the NoosaCast has a fantastic story. Yes, it's revolved around sports, but it's revolved around life and all, all the lessons that, that we've learned through sports and, and through life. And what Matt Tenhanken from the Fox Cities uh, Convention Bureau, the director of sports marketing with, with that group, and then Paul McCann, who is a part of our group. I mean, he's the president of NUSA, who this very uh, podcast is named after, NUSA, and, and, and the Red Smith Banquet. Paul, Paul is the chairman of the Red Smith Banquet. And as you'll come to find out, he's president of a lot of other groups, uh, amazing groups that, that you'll find out through the interview. But the moral of the story is that they're looking for opportunities to, to give kids, whether it's through granting, whether it's just through information, through the discovery night that's at uh, Tuesday night, this Tuesday, September 26th at, at the Champion Center from 5 to 8. It's a chance for all these sports to get together and under one roof and, and to have families go out there and ask questions and to explore and to, to try some different sports and to understand, you know, may, maybe you've never heard of lacrosse before and, and, you know, Appleton lacrosse is going to be out there and you'll be able to hold a stick and, and see what that great sport is about or volleyball or hockey or even a sports official, right? Tash, this is, this is an official's yeah. podcast from time to time the stripes are going to be out there as well. So it, you don't necessarily have to play as well. And um, as we'll come to find out, Paul, he's going to talk to us about the Every Kid Plays grant. We, we want every kid that, that we don't want money to stand in the way. We, we want these kids to, to at least try sports and, and to just be surrounded by great people. It's, it's, it's incredible the, the, the kindness that, that we have in this area. Yeah, like, like Paul's grant, like the grant that Paul talks about, the Every Kid Plays grant, um, it gives people an opportunity, kids an opportunity to play a sport, um, you know, looking, trying to get them in in elementary school and middle school um, to be able to try different sports. And maybe that could lead into playing in high school. But that Every Kid's Play grant is amazing. Matt's talking about the, the sports discovery night. Um, again, just going off of what Joe, Joe said, it's at the Champion Center. First of all, you get to go to the Champion Center. If you haven't been to the Champion Center, uh, it is a crown jewel in the Fox Cities. Amazing facility. But there's going to be over 30 different groups that are represented at this event where you can sit and talk. And if you need, have your son or your daughter has an interest in a sport, maybe it's dance, maybe it's lacrosse, maybe it's hockey, maybe it's, you know, you name it of all the groups that are there. You can talk to those groups and get some information and see if it's something that you want. And you also be able to talk to Paul about the Every Kid Plays grants as well. No, absolutely. We talk about in the interview, Tasha, if, if nothing else, just go walk out at the Champion Center. Like, like you said, the building's incredible. It's kind of, it, it's easy to miss. You know, the parking lot's sort of set back, yeah. so you, you might not even know that it's there. But holy cow, once you get there, this facility's unbelievable for this area and like matt will talk about it it's filled on the weekends it's a, it draws a lot of tourism to this area it's it's uh it's an incredible facility absolutely uh joe got to talk about something though um this weekend this past weekend one of the big events in the fox cities happened as well yes and that's the uh, fox cities marathon 
And I always remember that it goes right by my house down Coop oh, Road. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, we always have a little trouble getting around for the first hours of the morning on that Sunday of the race because the main marathon cuts off at Tallulah. The down Tallulah, the half marathon goes. And then the main marathon comes all the way down midway to Coop Road and then cuts down Coop North on Coop Road, um, which is literally a stone's throw away from my house. No, that's awesome. That that there, there's another great event in this area. That uh, it's a full fledged marathon. I uh, I happen to have to work on Sunday, so I was uh, I saw all the cones up and in, in, in the uh, the path through Jackson Street and Appleton and the south side of Appleton. It, it, it runs through there. It, yeah. it hits all all the communities. I do have to have a shout out though to one of my work colleagues and, and friend of mine, Linnea ran in the uh, in the Fox Cities Marathon. She um, she completed it and she was was pretty excited. So I was uh, wow, yeah, was happy to hear that. That's that's more than I can do. I'll tell you that. That's incredible. I did the half marathon one year. Uh, this was probably twenty years ago, but I did the half marathon one year, and that was a uh, that was enough yeah. for me. <laughs> one time, one and done. <laughs> I'm I'm done. So, uh, yeah, great event. Great for the community. Lots of stuff going on. I mean, that's an event that Friday, Saturday and Sunday, there's stuff going on here in this community. So it's an amazing community. Really good event. The, the, yes, it absolutely is. It's in, incredible people that, that put these events on. And, and well, we've said it before, we're super lucky to be living here. And, and hopefully the Noosa cast can kind of expose some of those people and, and, and give them well-deserved shout outs. You got anything else, Joe? to talk about before we uh kick off the show well, i'm excited to get the show started tash i i, I know we're, we're plugging along here with high school football there there's still some great uh a lot of good matchups here in week uh what are we in week five no week six week six holy cow it's, yeah it's plugging six. along and uh volleyball like like we talked last week with with paul lecker for with the appleton sports page definitely give that a follow but it you know continuing off that conversation i mean all of these sports are in full swing and, and like we mentioned last week a lot of the Appleton schools are 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 competing at a high level and in 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 the hunt for tournament right. play for sure and and you know state championships are are not out of the question for some of these teams both on the girls and boys side. Yeah, and I I do want to shout out Appleton East. Uh, this Friday is their East tackles cancer events. Um, all the proceeds and profits go to the Susan P. Coleman Foundation for breast cancer. Uh, it's a great event. Uh, there's fireworks after. There's I mean it's just. It's really cool. Um, so you get to see some good high school football. I believe I, I can't remember who they're playing off the top of my head. I should, but um, there's raffles, there's baskets. I know my science department put on a bat, put a basket together for it. Uh, so come on out to Appleton East on Friday nights. Uh, watch some high school football and and support you know survivors and uh, people who who have cancer currently. And uh, help East tackle cancer. No, that's a great cause, Tosh. And you know, we we've talked about this in, in previous podcasts where you just see the lights on on Friday night. Just go check it out because it's going to be a good football game. That's even more so in situations like this when when schools put on cancer benefits and, and especially Appleton East. It's a different feeling. The, the buzz in the air. The you know the whether it's the pink socks or there's the special towels that they wear, whatever the case might be, um, yep. everybody gets behind it and you can just feel that buzz. It's, it's an extra special atmosphere and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And 
it really goes to a great cause and, and brings awareness to to a much needed cause as well. Yeah, let's let's get this show going and uh, hope you enjoy. Remember, anytime you can check this podcast out, whatever social social media you look at, whatever you wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Spotify, whether it's iTunes, um, hit subscribe. Help us grow the show. Help us tell the stories that we're trying to tell. Um, we appreciate it. And don't forget, you can always check out the throwbacks on YouTube and check out some of those full-length interviews from uh, the Red Smith Banquet. Absolutely. Exactly what Tosh said. Do that and enjoy the show. Hello, Newscast listeners. It's time for that look at history, our old look at new. Uh, it could be the nation. It could be Northeast Wisconsin. It could be Wisconsin. Who knows what we uh, pull out of the air for this week. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what I'm going to let Joe go first this week. Yeah, we're, we're taking a look at Wisconsin. We're taking a look at our own backyard. And we're actually continuing a little bit of the theme uh, that started last week where we, we talked about Green Bay being the oldest city in Wisconsin, which kind of surprised me. And if you flow, well, I guess it would be upstream the Fox River towards the uh, towards Lake Winnebago, you'll come across Kakana. And the mansion is still there. And Tosh, you're going to have to help me with the pronunciation because I'm reading it as Grignan, but I've heard it pronounced other ways. But the Grignan mansion, that, that beautiful white home that's right down in the bottom of the yep. hill in Kakana, kind of near Tilmany Paper Mill. Uh, there's a fantastic yep. disc golf course that kind of wraps around there and some soccer fields. But <laughs> that house has a really, really interesting history to it, dating all the way back to, well, to be honest with you, Augusta Grignan, is, is that, how, how do you pronounce it? I think that's right. I could be wrong, but we're going to yeah. go with that one. Come to find out, Augustine was the first man of European ancestry born from European ancestry. He was the first European-born ancestor in Wisconsin. I thought that was kind of interesting. He was the last French-Canadian fur trader in the Fox Valley, and he became the first person to use the water, the Fox River, uh, for power, for purposely of, of, of industry. He, he actually opened up a sawmill uh, right right where that that house stands right now and that that's where he became known as the valley's first real entrepreneur which i thought was was pretty interesting that is absolutely yeah. so his his huh. business that house was a trading post it was a mill uh okay. it was a sawmill until 1816 and it, it was powered by the fox river yeah it, wow. it, it has a long history all you know geez more than what 200 years now i thought it was pretty amazing yeah one sad fact that I found. So they always call it the, the, the mansion in the woods. And if, if you go there now, you, you definitely see some trees, but there's a lot of trees that aren't there anymore. And back in the, the mid 1800s, up until the, until the 1960s, that was surrounded by elm trees and the, and the Dutch elm disease pretty much wiped them all out. So that was, oh, yeah. and I remember the same thing happened at like Herb Park and some of the old, old parks around here. And absolutely, you, you forget about that, but that, that, de that disease was devastating to the trees around here and particularly that piece of land. So. Yeah. Well, that, that Dutch elm disease pretty much wiped out all elm trees. We actually have an elm tree. Oh, in our do backyard you really? Yet. That's awesome. And yeah, it's, it's uh, kind of crazy, but similar situation to what the Emerald ash borer is doing. The yeah, ash trees right now. 
So, but I I remember seeing pictures of elm trees, and they would just form canopies over the roads. In yeah, Appleton. absolutely. I remember that so, as, as well. But the, the Grignard Mansion, yeah. it's 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 open for tours. You'll have to check the website. I'm not sure when it when it's available. But uh, they they were actually I did the bike to the beat during Mile of Music. They were one of the stops with with music. Uh, right in front of there. Okay. So it's it's a pretty cool place. If you're out on a bike ride or just for a walk in Kakana, uh, stop on by. There's still a, a few trees there that, that are shaded, and it's a it's a cool old house. Very nice. Well, speaking of old houses, um, I have an old look at new, and my old house is a little bit different. Um, my old house is the house that Ruth broke, yeah. built. And in 2008, September 21st, was the last game that played in the house that Ruth built. The sure. old Yankee Stadium. So that goes all the way back to 2008. Uh, they were just the last game at the old Yankee Stadium. And uh, Derek Jeter was there playing. And uh, they played the Baltimore Orioles. And they uh, they beat the Orioles 7-3 in that last game at yeah. Yankee Stadium. Boy, what a stadium. What a history. And probably doesn't suck to be Babe Ruth, right, in the 1920s? <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. That doesn't suck to be a lot of Yankees yeah, coming Derek through the Jeter. years, right? Derek Jeter, Mickey Mantle. You know, if I knew I was going to live this long, I would have taken exactly. better care of myself. <laughs> Yogi, right? Deja vu all over again. Yogi. There's some some classic Thurman Munston and Bucky Dent. Oh, abs- absolutely. That? Some some Name. classic games. Yeah. Reggie Jackson. Yeah. Well, geez. Tony Kubek, who who lives in Appleton. Tony yeah, Kubek. he, was, he exactly. played for the Yankees, of course. You know, in our growing up years, we yep. got a lot of play by play with Tony doing the, the NBC game of the week, Joe Garagiola, that that whole crew, Absolutely. a lot of those games from Yankee Stadium. Yeah, that was a that was a stadium I wish I would have gotten to, and I never did. Uh, I wish I would have been there. Think, but how many times do you think yeah. Billy Martin got tossed in that stadium? Yeah, no kidding, right? He had some classics, classic ejections. Or Lou Pinella, sure. right? Lou Pinella <laughs> played third base for the Yankees for a while, right? Yes, so Tosh and yeah. I, this always runs Good in my head, Lou. Tosh. You and I, I don't even know what year it was. You and I were at, at, at a Cubs game when Lou Pinella was was the coach for the, the manager for the Cubs. And Lou had one of the all-time classic manager getting tossed, the slow walk out to the umpire, the animated arguing, <laughs> the kicking of the dirt, the walk back to the dugout turn around and walk back to the umpire. Lou was an absolute master. Yep. You and I got to witness one of those uh, meltdowns. And that was, I'll never forget. Oh that. yeah, that was Lou. Lou was something else. That's for sure. <laughs> the Grignard mansion was built a hundred years almost before Yankee stadium for, for a little perspective. There you go. Well, great. That's a good look at history. Got it from both ends. We got the sports end and all the way to Yankee stadium and a little bit closer to home as well. So hope you enjoyed that segment. All right, Tosh, for our interview, I'm excited for this one. We are going to be talking with Matt Tenhanken, Director of Sports Marketing for the Fox Cities Convention and Visitors Bureau, and Paul McCann, who is the president of NUSA. Yes, that NUSA. He's the chairman of the Red Smith Banquet, and he's also the the president of the um, Fox Cities Sports Authority as well. So Paul wears a lot of hats. But we're really here to talk about a really special night. It's Sports Discovery Night. It's Tuesday, September 26th at the Community First Champion Center. It's out uh, as you're heading out to Greenville, just just west of Fox City Stadium on the west side of of Appleton and Grand Chute. And Sports Discovery Night, you you can get more information by going to uh, the Fox City's Convention and Visitors Bureau website um, and, and check out 
kind of what what groups are there, but it's a chance for you to come and explore all the different sports, all the different groups from from soccer, lacrosse, football, whoever. They're going to be there. And for those three hours, you get to go to the Champion Center and just ask as many questions as you want. And Paul McCann is also going to be talking about the Every Kid Plays grant. And that's a grant that, that was started through the Red Smith Banquet. You can get more information by going to redsmith.org. Um, the grant processing is located on, the, on that website. But the message with that one is we don't want any kid left behind. So if, if, this, if you want to play baseball and for some reason it's just not financially feasible for you to do that, we have a way to solve that problem and, and nobody needs to know. You can just go play baseball. So check out both both of the websites, Community First Champion Center, Tuesday, September 26th, 5 to 8. Ash, we've got a great set of guys with us today. I'm happy to have you guys here and excited to just see where this conversation goes. So welcome, guys. Thank you, Joe. Matt, um, we'll talk about a lot of things, but one of the things is youth sports and and tosh and i have covered this a lot in the 12 episodes that we've had but your involvement with with the champion center you guys have a an exciting night coming up next tuesday uh the sports discovery night and it's a chance for well it's a chance for i, I guess i'll let you explain it but it's really a, a chance for kids to get out there and really just see what's offered to them see see what they're gonna step their cleats into so to speak and and really get a feel for, for what's offered out there. So if you, yeah, if you could speak to that a little bit, I'd, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what we're looking for. So, you know, we have such a great sporting community here in the Fox Cities, and there's so many opportunities in, in a variety of sports for kids of all ages and adults to participate in sports. And I think, you know, what I've come to, to hear often over my 13 years in this position is that Families sometimes struggle to figure out what the first right opportunity is for their child and what the right sport is for their child because there's so many opportunities and seasons overlap and, you know, one friend's doing this, another friend's doing that. Like, what's the right sport for my kid? So, you know, I get the question of lot, a lot of what club or what team or what program, you know, a family should start their kid in. So, that was kind of one of the, the reasons why we wanted to start uh, Sports Discovery Night. So next Tuesday, September 26, 5 to 8 p.m. at the Community First Champion Center, we're going to have 30-plus organizations that are going to be in attendance that will be there to answer those questions for families. So we'll be able to have families come in free of charge and walk around the building and talk to folks from uh, – basketball organizations, to volleyball, to hurling, to soccer, to baseball, you name it. We have almost every sport you can think of represented. And for those that aren't represented, myself, Abby McDaniel from our office, and a variety of others will be there to kind of help answer those questions and try to lead people in the right direction. And you know, while families are there, while the kids are there, we're going to have um, some opportunities to participate in some, some sports and try their hand at uh, ice skating, so we have a free open skate from 5 to 7 p.m. during the night. Uh, we'll have some basketball skills and drills put on by some of the uh, local basketball uh, folks, and then some volleyball skills and drills going on as well in uh, the building. So we'll have a lot of activity going on that night. I think it's a great opportunity for families to really learn about all the opportunities that are available to them in the Fox Cities. And we, we just have a great sporting community. We have so many good things going for us. And if we can help 
families and kids get in the right uh, activities that they can hopefully enjoy for many years and maybe for a lifetime. Well, Matt, two groups that I'm very excited to have that you didn't mention. One is the sports officials are going to be represented, the, the fellows in stripes. And <laughs> Paul, I know, is a former football official as, as well. And Paul, you're not going to be representing the officials, but uh, you're going to be there on, on behalf of Red Smith and the Every Kid Plays grant. And while all these kids are trying to discover sports and what might work for them, obviously financial concerns for parents is, is always a concern and an issue. And Paul, I think you you have a, a really awesome solution for that. And that's the Every Kid Plays grant. Yeah, Joe, thanks for uh, teeing that up. Because you know the Red Smith Committee um, has struggled over the years to try to figure out the best way to distribute proceeds from banquets and other things that we do. And we've worked with Matt and his team in the past just to try to spitball ideas and brainstorm what might be best. So I think a Two, three years ago, there was probably a, a bit of an epiphany within our group where we said, you know, rather than give $500 to an organization that might serve 100 kids and so basically affect, you know, $5 per kid, why don't we find the kids within the community who otherwise would not be able to afford to participate? You know, try to work with churches and youth groups and Boys and Girls Clubs and Big Brothers Big Sisters and all the different organizations that, that try and improve the lifestyle and quality of life for kids in our area and, and find those kids who are not participating in sports because uh, the financial aspects of it prohibit them from doing that. and Or their parents are reluctant because they're not aware of what the overall cost is. And all they really have are their peers who probably are sharing horror stories with, you know, travel teams and all the different things. I think that that's what Matt and his team are trying to do with the discovery night is to get the facts in people's hands and show them what, what basketball might cost or what little league baseball might cost or, or pop Warner football. Mm-hmm. You know, Red Smith has supported all those organizations over the years. And we'd like to find the kids in our community, uh, who are maybe on the sidelines unnecessarily uh, because of economic issues. Uh, we have we have partnered with Shields in the past, and I think the model for this is that Red Smith will fund whatever the um, cost of registering would be. So if, if that's a $100 registration fee for 10 kids for a particular organization, we'll give that organization $1,000 so those kids don't have fees. And, and in addition to that, uh, we will find entities, and Shields has done this for us to this point, where um, we'll also try to supplement their gear. Shields, for example, give us a $100 uh, gift card to give to that young athlete, and they'll be able to go into Shields like anybody else carrying a gift card. Mm-hmm. You know, no stigma attached to it or anything. You just have a gift card where you can buy a new glove, buy some cleats, buy whatever it takes for you to um, participate in that sport. And Paul, the process is an, an anonymous, right? I mean, so that the kid. It, it is, Joe, right. It's an application process that um, we're hoping that the, the clubs themselves can help promote uh, the process to get the kid um, the information it takes to apply nobody knows, you know, once you get placed on a team, there's nobody that says, Oh, well, he's the kid that got, you know, um, sponsored on the team. You know, you're just one of the, you're on the team. 
Yeah, and you know, being an educator, being in high school, I we see so many kids who don't have the opportunities through middle school, especially in the day and age of travel and club sports. And they just, they just don't have the means. And by the time they get to high school, they're like, well, it's too late for me to play now because all my friends have played in middle school and elementary. And, you know, for kids to be successful in school, they have to want to come. So this is a great opportunity for these kids to not only possibly be sponsored, but even to learn about the sports coming up on, on Tuesday with you guys. Yeah. As, as a father of uh, elementary school and middle school daughters, you know, I see the value not only socially, but athletically of participating in those sports. But, you know, it would be, it, it's sad to know that there are kids out there that aren't having those opportunities at younger ages that, you know, that's including them right. from having that impactful experience in high school that is so formative to, to so many kids. So if we can start those kids at a younger age with the, the work that Paul and his group is doing and hopefully helping funnel those kids to the right programs, hopefully we can, you know, just uh, resolve some of those issues with some of the families and some of the kids in our community. And Matt, the, the groups that are at the Discovery Night, the, the organizations, I mean, there are, we're not talking about all travel teams, right? I mean, that, that's that's nothing that, that parents should be afraid of. It's, it's, it's everything from flag football to to high level soccer I, I would imagine yeah there's a little bit of everything uh we'll have representation from the ymca of the fox cities we'll have a number of park and rec departments uh in attendance um to some travel teams but a lot of those travel programs they have recreational level play too with just opportunities yeah. for kids you know in the community that are just beginning to play a sport so there is the whole range of sport um all seasons um and really something for everyone. So uh, we're excited for people to come out and, and give it a see. And, and like I said, there'll be enough people in the building that are connected in the community to uh, a variety of sports. If there's an organization or questions that you may be having that that isn't represented for by one of the organizations, someone in the, in the building on that night will be able to help you out. I think that's key, Joe, to, to just get people started. Right. At, at whatever level, at whatever, wherever their comfort level is, get them started, get the kids involved. And, and you know, I think as a parent of three daughters who went through different sports, you know, the parents can throttle the, the involvement to the extent that the family can manage. And, and that's, that's another thing that you need to learn. I mean, if nobody's really shown you the options, uh, it's difficult for a parent to figure out that there is a YMCA program right. or a youth recreational department program that your child can play soccer in the fall and learn if that's something that they enjoy. And, and if, if that turns into, you know, division one scholarship someday, yeah. gosh, because they learn well enough to play high school and onwards, right. terrific story, but you know, being on the sideline or, or, you know, just being dissuaded or discouraged from doing it, um, either for economic means or just fear of the unknown is what both Matt and I are trying to work our way through so that parents don't have those uh, roadblocks. You know, one of the interesting things we've learned uh, through our, through our interviews on the newscast is every one of the athletes that we interviewed, and a lot of these folks have played professionally or at the top of their game. They have all played multiple sports. They all played soccer. They all played basketball. They all played football, whatever the case is. They played three, four different 
different sports and, and started at a young age. I mean, and they, they all started at this exact age, six, seven, eight, nine years old. And, and we may have lost that a little bit. It's, it's, uh, it's been, Tosh and I have used this word a few times, refreshing. It's been kind of refreshing to hear that from the different athletes that that's still a thing. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of misperceptions too. It's it's easy to you know hear from a neighbor who says one thing and you take that as gospel, but really hearing from the voice of people who are involved in whatever organization or whatever sport is directly, of of how things operate, and you know not every sport is twelve months of the year for an eight year old playing a sport. Right. You know there's 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 a lot of opportunities for a a really good experience in an eight week session or a twelve week session for kids to really learn the core of the sport, meet some really good friends, and decide if it's their sport or not, and, and then and then do it maybe again the next season and keep on growing. So there's there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of different levels in the Fox Cities that, you know, we just need to, to share that message to as many folks as possible and kind of dispel some of those false rumors that maybe sometimes go on in the community. Yeah, I, I think it's you're right because a lot of the time you hear even parents say, "Man, I didn't know that sport was around when when I was little." Well, yeah, it was around. It's been around for a hundred years, but they didn't have the have the knowledge of how to get involved with it. And I think that this this event is I I think it's awesome. I I really do. I being uh, involved with hockey, being involved with lacrosse, and uh, this it's an awesome way to get people in the door and see all of the different things that their kids can do. And maybe they're going to click on something at your event that's going to allow them to be part of a team and grow socially all the way through high school and, and beyond. All while playing lacrosse, right, Tash? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and that's what I think that's what we're hoping for with especially our grants program. Uh, you know, when you think over the years, Joe, of the people who came to the Red Smith banquet, you think of, uh, a Jackie Joyner Kersey, right? The best female athlete of all time was scholarship, uh, basically, was helped through the process of getting involved in sports early on. And, you know, Julia Serving told yeah. similar yes. stories of people helped him. You know, he, he loved sports, uh, wasn't sure he would, you know, Bill Walton talked yeah. about that, right? Fell in love with sports before he fell in love right. with basketball. Right, Butler, it's, it's a common theme. Yeah, and so... You know, we're we're searching for the kids from five years old through probably eighth grade, right? We can scholarship yep. those kids. The NCAA does not allow us to do anything for ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, right? Because th th that's still a conflict for them. Um, but if we can influence kids and their families at those formative years early on uh, in uh, middle school and elementary school and get them on board and and you know doesn't matter to us whether they play well or they play forever <laughs> uh we just want them to play and we want them to, to um you know our whole idea of red smith grant every kid plays is just that that every kid at least has the opportunity and and has whatever restrictions financial restrictions removed matt will give them the access we'll try to give them a boost and yeah, you know, we're going to create uh, an environment here that even uh, to me, it sounds fantastic that we could improve the sports environment in the Fox cities because, right. you know, it's already outstanding. And, and I think even going beyond that, if you get these kids involved in something at that age, it's 
they're going to develop friends and they might find a reason. I mean, in the news, we've heard about the attendance issues in Appleton and as far as the high schools and middle schools. But if they have a group of friends and they want to come to school, those attendance issues are going to go away as well because they're part of something. And even if they don't continue to play, they still made those connections with friends at that young age. Absolutely. There's there's tons of studies that show that athletes, student athletes perform better in school while they're in season, when they're out of season. So, right. you know, if we can get those, you know, high school students to be one or two sport athletes, hopefully that helps some, you know, some of those challenges that we're facing right now. So, Matt, I developing the, the Discovery Night is just one of many things that, that you do. I, I I've always thought you have one of the coolest jobs in the Fox Valley. You're, you're promoting sports in the Fox Valley. Can you can you kind of explain what your job is? Because it is it is a really neat job. I mean, your your job is to bring sports to, to this area. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a, a bigger version of Sports Discovery Night. So it's really just connecting the dots. So let's you know try to figure out the, the right event to host in the community, the right organization to organize that event and where we're going to play it, when we're going to play it. So um, we host about 240 events a year that bring visitors to the Fox Cities. Uh, leads to a little over $10 million of direct visitor spending. So dollars coming out of visitors' pockets into businesses in the community. So we're, uh, we're hustling every day to try to find the, the next right event to, you know, create or lure into the Fox cities. So we, we work with organizations to, you know, create a, a event that makes sense for their organization. It can oftentimes be a fundraiser for their organization. Um, then we also um, are trying to sell the Fox Cities as a destination for a, a state, a regional, national, international championship type event. Um, the the most recent uh, story that we can share of, you know, kind of a success story in that is the World Axe and Knife Throwing Championship. Just a fun story to to tell that you know we hosted 700 axe and knife throwers in uh, downtown Appleton last December for a a world championship that was broadcast on ESPN. So we had to sell the group that organized that event that Appleton is the right fit for this event. It's awesome downtown, you know, beautiful hotel attached to a brand new exhibition center. And then um, we put all the pieces together with a ton of volunteers locally and, you know, a lot of great business support to host an awesome event. Um, they loved it. We had throwers from 36 states. Uh, six countries come on, uh, come to town last year. It was on ESPN, uh, which was really fun. And it went over so well that they came back to us uh, earlier this year and said, hey, we really uh, enjoyed Appleton so much. Do you think we could come back for the U.S. championship again this year? And we're like, yeah, come on down. Wow. Well, we'd love to have you. So uh, we're hosting when is that. We're hosting the U.S. Uh, Pro-Am Championship uh, the second week in November, November 9th through 12th, the Fox Cities Exhibition Center. So we'll have a bunch of axe-throwing friends coming back to, to town. And they uh, they certainly enjoyed spotted cow and cheese curds throughout the Fox Cities. I don't know if there was any left by the time Sunday afternoon rolled around. So it's that's just one kind of non-youth sports story of, of what we do. But we you name a sport. Um, we, we do it. We, we try to host great events here, and we set up just a great community for um, hosting youth sporting events. Really, our, our bread and butter, probably 90% of what we do is youth team sports. So, more months, it's the soccer, 
baseball, softball events in colder months. It's usually the basketball, volleyball, hockey events that are filling up our schedule, but we do literally any type of competition um, and try to bring those those families, those athletes to town to experience all that we have here um, in our community and to help our businesses and have, have an awesome competition. What What is it like? I mean, when you're going after these events, you have lots of different cities, I assume, that are trying to get it at the same time. So how does that competition fuel you and how do you how do you make appleton attractive yeah uh, physically i'm not the athlete i was um years ago (laughs) so this is like my competition now so i'm trying to you know win this business for our community um and and really what we do when we sell uh, the fox cities the three things i always say is that we're safe we're drivable and we're affordable we're a perfect family destination if you want to come to play in a tournament Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'll put us against anywhere in the country. And we have a track record of, of beating a lot of competition throughout the country. Just And the, the, the community itself is just perfect for, for a lot of youth sports um, and, and all sports in general, but um, particularly youth sports. And then uh, the, the second thing that is, is always uh, key in our sales is our facilities. Um, our facilities uh, definitely punch above our weight um for for many of the the venues that we're hosting events at and then our volunteer and local um club and team base is so strong that there's just so many kids so many teams so many great uh youth sports leaders in our community that can be that either local host or kind of start with that um initial team count for any event so we really have a lot of good things going for us in terms of just the the personalities, the teams involved in the Fox Cities that really make our turn successful. So, Matt, what was your uh, sport of choice back in the in the growing up days? What did you play? I was always the, always the tallest kid, so basketball naturally was my sport. Um, I did play football, played baseball, and played golf. So, up until I think freshman year, I was a four sport athlete, and then I drop baseball um and then it was three sport athlete through high school paul i know before you were an official what uh you play a little bit of golf but what what, what did you play in high school you know in, in high school joe i didn't participate in uh in the sports i uh well kind of fittingly i was the guy whose parents couldn't afford to uh send them to any of the the competitive sports my dad was not working when i was in high school and so you know, I, I got a job and I worked at Kohl's and, you know, went to every uh, event I could, every student athletic event I could, but I was, I was really not able to participate. So when I finally uh, got to college and got on my own, I played college soccer before it was popular and uh, actually played at UW Fox Valley and then played at Madison for, I don't know, probably five weeks until I realized <laughs> it was either going to be an engineer or a really poor soccer player <laughs> and I chose engineering. Uh, but no, you know, I, I, um, you know, not, not that my story is one that, um, fits our grant program. Every kid plays, but you know, I have experience where, you know, I try out for the team and I get through the first three or four weeks and realize, okay, I can't, my parents can't pay for the physical that's required to, you know, join the team. So I'd quit. And the coach would say, what the heck, you know, why are you quitting the team? I'd say, well, I got better things to do, you know, 
and you know, uh, great um, coping skills and great story making around you know why I needed to stop participating. But um, it's just what it was when I was growing up, and I you know I think there are kids like that today um, yeah. at younger ages that you know we got to find them and we got to help them a little bit and. Um, that's what our, our whole thing is about. And I think that's why Matt and his gang are building the facilities that we have in this area so that we don't leave people behind. And Paul, I mean, you, you certainly are extremely successful, a wonderful family for sure, but you speak to exactly why the every kid plays grant will be successful. I mean, it was because of that is, is why this grant was, was born. So it's, it's, it's definitely going to be successful just because of the passion behind it. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, in the day, Joe, um, the YMCA was a place where I hung out every mm -hmm. day, right? I was a gym rat at the YMCA. Now, I didn't have a membership. used to have to very cleverly sneak by Alice in the lower lobby <laughs> and get through. And I tell this story every once in a while. I told it to United Way dinner one night. I got tapped on the shoulder one day when I'd snuck through, and it was Bill uh, Bob Brunken. was a director of the Y at the time. And Bob grabbed me, and he said – can't do this. You can't sneak in here anymore. I was a ninth grader, 10th grader probably. And he said, tell you what, I'll give you a scholarship to the Y. I'll pay, pay your membership. All you got to do is join the leaders club. And they had a, a leaders club that, that, you know, managed the concessions and stuff at the den and the things that they had at the time, the, the youth programs that they had. So I went to Gil Bauer, who was the director there. And, you know, he put me to work. And I had a membership. I didn't have to sneak in anymore. But it kept me, as we've talked about, <laughs> it was like a fork in the road, right? I had all kinds of other influences that could have taken me different directions. But Bob Brunken grabbing me out of the crowd and saying, I'll help you, uh, made a huge difference. And now the Y has a program, um, you know, it's called a Strong Kids Campaign. And they try to fund people to allow them to have memberships and a lot of generous people donate to that. Yeah. That's kind of the thing we want to mirror on the uh, outside athletic participation um, side of things. We want to take what the Y does with strong kids and find the big brothers, big sisters participants or the boys and girls club participants yeah. that, that aren't finding their way to the sports programs because they, I mean, it's immeasurable what what they can do for you. Uh, it's life-changing without a doubt. Right. It, it is. Yep. Matt, Paul, Paul mentioned some of the facilities you, you built. One of the, one of the gems of the area is the Fox, there's the uh, champion center. Um, can you talk a little bit about, about how that was built and, and why that was built and just the success and, and, and what's being played in there? I mean, that, that thing is packed on every weekend, just about it seems. Yeah, it was definitely uh, one of the, proudest professional accomplishes, accomplishments I've been involved with um, in, in my my career. Um, so really started in 2013. I came into um, our executive director's office, Pam Seidel, and I said, look, if you want me to bring more events and more business to the Fox Cities, I need more facilities. We, we kind of are, are stuck, particularly in winter months, with what we could do at the time um, just not a lot of facility options to host more events. And, and our hotels have been saying for, for years that oh, winter weekends are so slow and they really relied on the bowling tournament. So 
side note, the, we're hosting the Wisconsin State Bowling Open this uh, the first half of 2024. Uh, Wisconsin um, has the largest state bowling tournament in the country by like 30%. So Wisconsin bowling is is still a huge deal. And so we're hosting it 16 weekends in a row at uh, two of our bowling centers, Rolling Thunder and Super Bowl uh, in early 2024. Um, so Winter winter months had always been uh, a struggle for our hotels, for our businesses, of bringing visitors to the area. So we started uh, a six-year process of doing feasibility studies and stakeholder groups of trying to figure out what we could do, how we could fund it, where would wh- where would it be, what would it look like, and uh, we were able to work through all those challenges. We were able to get. Uh, room tax funding through 10 municipalities um, to help support the cause. So they raise hotel room tax 3%. So when you stay in a hotel in the Fox Cities, a percentage of your your bill goes to help fund uh, the the Exhibition Center, the Champion Center, in addition to other things. Um, But the Champion Center uh, was built through hotel room tax. Uh, We opened in November of 2019, um, really with the goal of on weekends, we need to host tournaments that are going to bring visitors to the area, fill our hotels that are paying the tax to build the building. And during the week, we know that we're really not going to, you know, have visitors come in and play um, in tournaments, you know, Sunday night through Thursday night. So let's open it up to as many uh, community members to practice, have games, local games, um, camps, clinics, etc., and um, you know, we worked through uh, the challenges of 2020 and came out uh, incredibly strong in 2021 and 22 and 23 will be our best year ever in terms of the Champion Center, in terms of sports tourism in the Fox Cities. Um, the amount of demand that we have gotten from hockey, basketball, and volleyball um, organizations has been overwhelming, um, along with uh, the figure skating club. Um, really wish we had more space to allow more um, sports and more athletes to uh, enjoy the facility. But the majority of the year, um, weeknights, 4.30 to 9.30 are pretty much full. Um, last In 2022, we had 48 weekends uh, of the year. Uh, so every weekend, basically, except for major holiday weekends, we had tournaments uh, with uh, visiting teams. Uh, utilizing the facility. So it has um, exceeded all the projections that we had from our professional studies that were done um, in the mid-2015s or 2010s. Um, So we're super proud of the performance of the facility and we're excited um, to see where it goes and and the possibility of, of expanding in the future to allow more teams to come in and play in tournaments and more kids to utilize the facility uh, during the week. Volleyball, is that overtaking basketball, would you say, as far as is number of, of dates or is basketball still king out there? It's really seasonal. So it's really, really seasonal for okay. us. So it's, it's not, it's hard to compare, but uh, volleyball is heavy November through um, mid-March and then basketball is late March through July. And they don't really cross over that much. The the community basketball teams are, are heavy in that um, core volleyball season, but we we don't do a lot of the community uh, basketball because their schools, by and large, 
have enough uh, space for practices and games and, and tournaments. Um, club volleyball is, is incredibly strong for us in that November through March range. And then it's travel basketball um, in the, the March through July timeframe. Tosh, I know you've spent a lot of time in, in that building with hockey. <laughs> yeah, way too much. <laughs> but yeah, your hockey facilities, I mean, what a blessing it was. And my kids have played in the oldest rink in the Fox Valley at Tri-County. Um, so whenever we get to come to the Champion Center, it's just an amazing facility. You guys have done a great job. And um, just it's, it's a crown jewel of this area for sure. Oh, that's great to hear. When we went through the design process and the folks at Meyer were fantastic to work with, the folks at Performa, which is now EUA, our architect, and all our community stakeholders that, that gave us input on the design, we wanted to create something that would have just that reaction, that families would have a memorable experience there and want to come back, whether it's for weekday practices or for tournaments once or twice a year, that when they're there, they're having a unique experience that they can't get in other places in the state, within the region, within the country, and they, we would be on their calendar as much as possible. Paul, I have a question for you, um, and this it's not totally off topic because it's kind of a competition thing. You've always, since I've been coming to the Red Smith Banquet, you've always brought a high quality speakers and not only high quality, but quality people as well. So mm -hmm. your process of finding these speakers that come to the Red Smith is kind of like what we were talking about, the competition of bringing teams and organizations in. How, how was that for you? Well, Tosh, it, it got harder and harder as yeah. the years went on because the demands for these people to speak at different places and the amount of money people were willing to pay them to speak uh, just made it difficult for us. We, we sometimes went through agents. Okay. And of course, the agent's uh, goal is to get the most money as possible for their their client. And so that you know never fit our profile very well. Right. When, but um, oftentimes if there was a connection of, you know, uh, you heard, I think in a previous uh, Noosa cast, you heard Lynn Swan say, you know, he represented Big Brothers Big Sisters. Yeah. Well, I was the president of Big Brothers Big Sisters of the Fox Cities at the time. And it just, you know, kind of is a nice connectivity there. Uh, we knew he was their um, national spokesperson. I asked them to chase him down and, and that just worked. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a, there's a local family who knew Jackie Joyner Kersey and worked with her. Um, you know, obviously, Jerry Davis knew yeah. Bob Costas and was able to bring Bob in. There are often things just like that. I, I, um, Roly Stevenson's brother <laughs> is a friend of Mario Andretti. <laughs> and so you know, all of a sudden you just have these connections that, uh, that work. But when you don't have the connections, uh, you know, and you can't get a, a, a Dick Bennett or a, um, another local person to come, you know, because they know it's a good event. You have to hire somebody to find yeah. them for you. And um, we've had occasions when, um, you know, the athlete gets paid a sizable amount of money and then finds when they get here and a lot, a lot like what Matt was talking about, when people get here and they realize what's going on in Appleton, uh, they are really impressed and yeah. they we've had athletes give money back to oh, us wow. that they were that they were you know they were given a fee and they said look I don't want to 
you know, I, I knew I take the fees because that's what my agent tells me to do, but I don't want your fee. You know, <laughs> what can I do? Or, or can I give you half of it back? Cause I, you know, I've got some time that I have to cover or whatever. So, but the process and, and Joel, um, knows a lot about this as it got more expensive and as it got more difficult, it got more and more difficult to, um, get commitments early enough that we could take advantage of that commitment to sell tickets. Okay. You know, cause, cause you've got, a um, you know, Bill Walton, we were able to secure, but he was at kind of full price and it was, you know, it was a, an expensive day for us. <laughs> um, but, you know, even in previous years, when you get somebody who says that's three days out of my life that you're asking for, because we we effectively asked them to come in Monday night, stay all day Tuesday into Tuesday evening, and then they really didn't fly out till Wednesday. So, sure. in their mind, you're coming to what your dad called applesauce, yes. Wisconsin, for three days. <laughs> yes. <you> know, right. <laughs> so, you know, it it just Tosh got harder and harder. Okay. And I and I think. Um, as ticket sales, as people, um, you know, aged out on us, you know, people that were buying tables for 45 years, right. Didn't buy tables on the 46th year and things like that happened where, uh, the economics scale kind of tipped on us. We were, we were still able to give money away in the last couple of years of a, of a full blown banquet COVID kind of crushed us a little bit in yeah. that we had a virtual banquet. There was no revenue other than some sponsor revenue where sponsors stayed with us. Um, but it is a tough formula. And yeah. and this Noosa cast is one way where we're trying to get the word out around Noosa and the Red Smith history so that ideally we can rebuild an audience that will come to a future banquet when we get, you know, Michael Jordan and <laughs> others to show up and, and – uh, you know, I'm sure Matt would appreciate having Michael in town and have a few visitors come in. And well, let's have a, a, a dual interview, Michael versus LeBron, and they, they can just battle it out. <laughs> Sounds simple enough, right? Strong. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. We could take them out to the Champion Center and do a, a horse or something. Love right? it. Off the scoreboard, into the hockey rink, and then – Then we have to get Larry Bird too and, and reenact the McDonald's commercial. Yes. Well, only now it's going <laughs> right. to be a TikTok, right? We'll all go viral. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> so. So, Tosh, at the end of the day, it's it's you, you have to have somebody who knows somebody okay. in order to really make the economics work out for a, a, an organization like ours. So anybody that knows Michael Jordan, give us a call. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Tosh at the same time. It was it was people of character. I, yeah. I mean, I think I know the ones that I worked hard to to get here i wanted to make sure that um you know maybe it was somebody that people were just learning about or just you know getting to know there were there were a couple of times joe i'm trying to think through some of these like ed Nedicombe, yes right legendary track coach at the university of wisconsin people didn't know ed Nedicombe, right but if you if you put him on a on a program with two other hall of fame athletes you know people will come and they'll hear about ed Nedicombe. yeah or they'll or or when we did um uh bike lacrone right the badger uh band director right. yeah right <laughs> that wasn't everybody's cup of tea but at the end of the night everybody loved mike lacrone right when it speaks to our mission really i mean 
obviously we, we give money away through grants and, and, and things like that, but it's, it's really, it's sports advancement, sports awareness. I mean, it, advancement comes with the awareness, telling the stories, introducing people to Ed Nettico. I mean, they, they never would have known who that person is and, and you're better for that. So yeah. that's really the, the mission of the Red Smith Banquet, the mission of the NoosaCast, to be honest with you, is just to get those stories out there and, and advance sports because we, we've yeah. all talked about it. All four of us have talked about what a benefit it's been to us and, in, in our lives and uh, there's just nothing better than sports well i i think it's a great event um i'm really looking forward to seeing the grant program grow as well because uh, as an educator i think that's a huge need for for a lot of the uh, kids in our community and uh this event's going to be amazing um i yeah i i'm looking forward to seeing how these uh youth groups and groups connect and kids connect with them and seeing the like you said it's tough to say you're going to grow sports in the Fox cities, but to continue to grow sports in the Fox cities, what a great idea. Yeah. It, it, you know, you never want uh, that next Jack joiner courtesy not to have opportunities to participate. So hopefully we can, you know, get that next, you know, boy or girl playing and, and get them on the right track. Yeah. It, we, were, we were planning out uh, some pieces of the event today and we're like, Oh boy, are we going to have, 50 or 5,000 people come through the door. We don't know what's going to happen. So it's a first-time event, so we're excited. Hopefully we get a, a lot of families to come out to, to check out the, the event, and we can really have some great conversations and get people on that path to, you know, discovering the, the sports that are going to be, you know, their uh, ticket to uh, great experiences and great memories. You know, and, and Matt, I would encourage, I mean, even if you don't have kids yet that are that age, I, I would encourage everyone to take the opportunity to come out to the Champion Center that night and just, you know, just catch the atmosphere, catch the the fact that all those organizations, whether you're, you know, whether you're grandparents of kids who might become interested or whether you're, you know, soon to be parents, whatever category you might be in yeah. to see the champion center. I, Cause I've been out there a couple of times meeting with you guys to talk things through our, our group Nusa will have a table there. If, if you're interested in what we've talked about tonight, you certainly, you know, can hear more about that. But I, I walked away. I didn't have much to do with the champion center until I went there as a guest and I walked away so proud of the Fox cities for pulling that together that I think everybody should have that experience. Get out there and see the place. You will, you will walk out first. You'd have to count the number of times you say, wow, when you right. walk through the building. And then when you walk out and you realize that that was all done with local funds and a vision that has been executed to perfection. Yeah. Um, I, I think I would encourage anybody who has the time Tuesday night to come out. And that's a great point too, Paul, that while we're focusing, you know, the evening's activities on young, you know, students, anyone, every one of those organizations can use volunteers, right? right. Whether you're a coach, whether you're a concessions worker, whether you're lining fields, every organization can use good volunteers, and anyone can can help out. And then that goes to Joe, Joe's point earlier that Fox City's Officials Association will be there as well. And hopefully we can have some individuals who are looking to get on that path of, of becoming an official and have those conversations and get uh, some folks started because, you know, without officials, there is no game. So we really uh, want to 
have this as, as hopefully an opportunity to, to grow the base of, of volunteer or sorry, officials in the Fox cities as well. And Matt, that's one of the most amazing things at the Champion Center is none of the fans yell at the officials. So you're, you're in a safe place if you want to become an official. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of the design as well, where you are, uh, as a fan, a little bit farther away from the, the action uh, from, than a, a typical gymnasium or ice rink. So it's a little bit harder for yeah. the officials to hear the, the chirping that sometimes may be going on. That's why, that's why I officiate football and lacrosse, a lot of separation. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, complaint-absorbing acoustics on a football Yes, so. absolutely. <laughs> Those eight-lane tracks are kind of nice. But Matt, I, I wanted to ask you, just getting back to one quick question on, on the on the brainstorming end. I, I kind of know how we do it with, with Red Smith when we're trying to find talent, but you, know, you, you bring axe throwing in. I mean, do you just – what are your brainstorming sessions like? How do you how do you go after axe throwing? How do you go after weightlifting? All, all the different groups that you've had here through through the years. How does that? How do you find those ideas? Uh, a variety of sources. Um, I do go to about uh, five or six trade shows a year where these organizations are attending, and we have more or less speed dates with them and, and try to figure out you know which organizations are a right fit for us. Um, there are a number of online subscription models where um, organizations of different sports put their information on what they're looking for from a community and from a venue, and I can sift through those and try to um, find the right one. Um, some of it is just, you know, crazy brainstorming sessions, and then a lot of it, honestly, is, is finding the right local leader in that sport that is very passionate about whatever it is and then and hitching on to them and trying to work with them and create something or have that individual or that organization be the the entity that we are um, using as the 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 one submitting a proposal to to bring an event to town so it's a variety of sources um, and it always always um, comes down to the people and the places, so the facilities and the just the community. So if we don't have the, the bodies, if we don't have the, the structure, um, none of it ever happens. So we are just really fortunate that we have a lot of good stuff going for us here. And one of the other things I really like that, that you guys do at the Convention Bureau, and I think we've all taken advantage of this, is I mean, you've, you've put funding behind it, but you promote it. Things like the trail system that, that's all through the Fox Valley, the the Eagle days where you can come and watch, you know, bald eagles hatch and things things like that that you never really think about when you're here. But I know I've certainly taken advantage of a lot of the biking trails, watch the eagles. I mean, it's it's really neat that that, that kind of stuff that you, that you do and expose. Yeah, I can really take no credit for that. That was um, 1988, the founding of the Convention and Visitors Bureau here. The, the founders said, we're going to put 25% of our operating budget aside just for grants, for facilities and um, attractions in the Fox Cities. We're going to help grow what we have um, you know, as a, as a, as a tourist uh, destination. And I think now the, the the grant program has given over nine or ten million dollars to projects in the community. So a lot of it is is parks that we utilize for sporting events. The the great trail system we have here, um, Fox City Stadium, uh, the Performing Arts Center, 
um, you name it. I think every one of the communities in the Fox Cities has benefited from that program, and um, hopefully more great things are to come. So, yeah, we're just uh, really got a lot of great minds and a lot of great initiatives in the Fox Cities to really just make this an awesome place to to live or visit. You know that that's really neat. You you actually triggered something when when you mentioned Fox Cities uh, Stadium and. Paul, you certainly have a special tie with Fox City Stadium, being the president of the Sports Authority, and that's that. Maybe is a whole other podcast to get into that, but I mean, you guys give a, a substantial amount of money as well to some projects around the area that, that quite frankly, nobody even knows about. Yeah, the the Sports Authority was um, an original entity that funded the stadium or figured out how to get the stadium built. You know, Mike Reese and Stan Bayman and Jim Riedel and a bunch of guys. Um, raised money so that the stadium could be built under a 501c3 organization, Fox City's Amateur Sports Authority. One of the aspects of that uh, 501c3 was that 5% of the assets, asset value needed to be given away every year. So the, you know, the Timber Rattlers, the uh, Apple and Baseball Club was the tenant, you know, and we were property owners and we, uh, charged rent, and we um, had an asset value some years. I mean, it was six, six and a half million dollars. So we were giving away over three hundred thousand dollars a year in grants that either you know organizations that Matt had come forward with, or the uh, community foundation came forward with, or or we found ourselves that needed funding. So a lot of the scoreboards in the area, a lot of lights in local uh, fields, a lot of um, other great community projects were um, boosted up by the funds that um, came out of the proceeds of the the stadium funding originally. Now we have sold the stadium. The sports authority has sold the stadium to Craig Dickman and his uh, group that bought the Apple and Baseball Club, and they've done a fine job the last couple of years. We did this. This is a COVID kind of effort, um, and they bought the stadium. They've done a great job. Uh, as caretakers of the ball club and the stadium, and you saw the the big expansion that they did this season. But we we still maintain those uh, the assets from that sale, the proceeds from that sale in a fund that we manage, and we still have grants that we give away uh, based on the value of of the the fund. So yeah, Joe, that that's another kind of a quiet. Um, gem within the Fox Cities of resources that are available. Now, Matt and I have talked about with the uh, advancement of the Champion Center, you know, they're looking to expand some or hoping to expand some, and maybe there's a good relationship to develop there between the Sports Authority and the Champion Center and take the vision of the, the founding members of the stadium group, the Mike Reese's and, and Stan Bayman's, and, and help boost along uh, some of the efforts that the Champion Center has put forward. So yeah, that's to be determined. We'll see how that goes down the line. Matt, in a perfect world, what, what would you like to see out at the Champion Center? What what you, you just need to basically double the size more or less? Or Yeah, we, we always had um, land set aside um, for expansion in the future um, just to, to see how things went in the initial years. And, you know, like I said, we, we've far exceeded our um, expectations in terms of the performance of the facility. Um, you know, right now, um, 
I think we're, we're eyeing expanding the court space just because we know we have a lot of built-up demand um, on the volleyball and, and basketball side of things. Um, and that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Um, that may change in, in the coming years, but we hope in the near future that we have the, the supporters uh, like Paul's groups and others um, to be able to, to do something even bigger out there. Yeah, to, to Paul's point, to you, Tuesday night, just if nothing else, just go walk around. It's it's quite the building. The popcorn we bought. Yeah. Well, thank you guys a lot. I mean, this is this is incredible to be able to hear your stories and uh, talk a little bit about about the sporting community here in uh, in Appleton. And you know, thank you guys for your time. Yeah, this was awesome. It was great. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was great. I really appreciate talking to you guys. We want to thank uh, Matt and Paul for take, spending some time with us. Uh, really, again, Sports Discovery Night, uh, Tuesday the 26th, 5 to 8 at the Champion Center, uh, right out by the mall. Um, I encourage you, Joe encourages you, Matt and, and Paul obviously encourage you as well, to go check out this event. Uh, over 30 different sports and local um, organizations will be there to basically help you get a better understanding of what we offer here in the Fox cities and to, to get involved. So uh, please check that out. Go to the uh, uh, Fox cities convention bureau website, and you can check a little bit more out about that sports discovery night and uh, redsmith.org also has uh, more information on the every kid plays grants. All right, newscast. Uh, here's that segment. You know, what have you, what are you uh, forgotten, and what are you never forgetting? And uh, we play around with this, and we try to have some fun with it. Sometimes it's personal. Sometimes it's a little uh, historical side. But uh, Joe, I'm going to let you run with it this time, and see what you have to say. Well, mine, Tash, I think is going to lead to, I guess, more of a question for you. So. I'm forgotten, or maybe, maybe the public has forgotten, and, it, and I, I see it play out at my work all the time, and it's it's holding the door open. You know, a lot of people now don't <laughs> hold the door for, for people, but there's a little bit of a fine line, and it, it's funny. So I worked Saturday, and, and there's a door at the post office that we're pushing carts in and out, and you find yourself that there's kind of a zone in there, and, and my question for you, Tash, is, how long do you hold the door open? Like, what's the appropriate amount? If, if somebody's 20 feet away walking towards the door, do you hold it? There is a little bit of awkwardness if you actually are holding the door open for too long. You, you feel a bit like, oh, my God, I'm holding this door open way too long. So I don't know. In, in your opinion, do we have a is there kind of a magic uh, number? What 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 is the what is the right mannerism for that? I if somebody's behind me, I always yeah. hold the door. It doesn't matter if I see them and they're they're like a quarter of the way in the parking lot i'll sit there and wait it leads to conversation in the morning or you know leads to some conversation so i'm a big believer in holding the door open no matter what the distance is if they're coming towards you you know relatively speaking um i hold the door for people no, that's is a general rule i think i do as well and, and and i like that and i think that's sort of a forgotten art it's 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 almost to the point now where i'm yeah. surprised when somebody holds the door open for me and it never used to be it used to be vice versa 
Absolutely. I agree with you on that 100%. Well, so that's that's my forgotten, maybe a little bit of society forgotten manners. And what about you, Tash? What's forgotten in your world? Well, I want to forget these uh, incredible allergies I get every fall. Yeah, you're sounding like it. it. They kick my ass <laughs> in the fall. I can be good all year, all spring, all summer. Whatever comes out in the fall, I think it's ragweed or something. Um, it kills me in the fall. And uh, I always used to joke that I'm allergic to school, and that's <laughs> what it is. But uh, it's it's definitely not school. It's something uh, I I always I used to remember. I don't know. I think it's ragweed at this time of year. But the pollen rates are super high. I struggle in the fall. Yeah, no I doubt feel about for you. It. I, I have allergies myself. Not quite as bad, I don't think, as you. And I know you walk around feeling like your face is a big puffy marshmallow all day. Yeah, I, it's uh, it's you feel like there's sandpaper in your corneas and just eyelids scratch across it every yes. single time. And yeah, it's tough, but oh well, that's what they make medication. Yes, I for. agree. Well, good luck to you, Tosh. <laughs> I know that that thanks and uh, I right. feel for you. All right, Joe. Well, what are you uh, what are you never forgetting? Well, Tosh, I'm reminded. I think I I've used this one maybe in the past, but it dawned on me again yesterday. I, we're recording this on a Monday night, and I. I had a work Sunday and of course the Packers played on Sunday, but it got me to go back to my, my roots and that's to listen to the Packers on the radio. And every ah. time I do that, I, I don't do it enough anymore, but I'm never forgetting that feeling of just listening to, I, I love the Packer game on, on the radio. Of course, you know, the brewery game, there's nobody better than, than Euchre for sure. Yep. But a Packer game on the radio, I I do like uh, Wayne Larravee. You know, Larry McCarron is, is Larry. I, of course, grew up, uh, you know, Jim Rowan, Max McGee. Those two were – nobody was better than those two in my opinion. And even back in Lombardi's years, caught a very, very end of, of Ray Scott. You, you know, so a great play-by-play. Sure. Play. I, I, I miss that. I, I actually really, really enjoyed listening. Maybe didn't enjoy the outcome so much, but really enjoyed just listening to the to the to the football game on, on radio. It's a little nostalgic and I'm never forgetting that feeling. I love it. It's a part of me. A good play by play announcer is is incredible. How they can put the the image in your mind from what they're yeah. saying is what they see through their eyes. It's pretty that's a that's a talent. It is. It's a talent. Sure. It's an art. And and they become and we've seen it with Bob Euchre. I mean, I've I've said this often that the saddest day to me in Wisconsin history is going to be the day that that you hangs it up or, or passes on. I mean, he has yeah. been literally he has been calling Brewer games my whole entire life. I mean, he is a part of of our life. Oh yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, Absolutely. Vin Scully. I mean, look, look at him and a Dodger fan. I mean, if you're a Dodger fan, right. Vin Scully is just that's that voice. That's the Dodger voice. It's a guy. Absolutely. Yeah, Bob Uecker, great book, Catcher in the yeah. Rye. <laughs> Not that Catcher in the Rye, <laughs> but Catcher in the Rye. Fantastic book. I remember reading that when Absolutely. I was young. It was Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. Nobody better. All right. Well, my never forgetting. Um, I had the opportunity. We, uh, Our friends have a little uh, drinks in the driveway, they call it. They usually do it about once a month. They used to do it like every Friday or Saturday. Um, and they just get people together. They cook out and people sit and talk. And their son, um, James, was home. And James just spent three days out, uh, a weekend out in uh, in Seattle area, seeing Dave Matthews at the oh, Gorge. Oh, did he really? And Lucky yeah, him. so I sat and talked, talked the playlist, talked talked uh, the sh- the songs he played, and just talked about the whole experience. And it kind of you know got me thinking about when I 
when I first listened to Dave, you know, Ants sure. Marching and Satellite was that first song that kind of hooked me on Dave from, you know, some of his first stuff. And, you know, Dave's been around for 30 what, years, 30 yeah. some years yeah. now. Yeah. So it kind of got me, you know, he is, you go back and listen to him and listen to him live. Man, that's, he's the guy, you don't want to forget that band. They're in, they're amazing. Tosh, it's funny you, you bring that up. It's such good timing. I mean, obviously at the post office, I have so much time to listen to whatever I want. And I've, I've really, really been going back and listening to so much of Dave. He's just incredible. Tosh gave me a, what you talk about satellite. I certainly remember that song. The Red Rocks show and the show at the, uh, I don't even know where it was in Chicago, but it was an orange disc. And I must have played that till I burned a hole in it. Those two shows were, were just <laughs> absolutely epic and, and so, so many good songs. Yeah, yeah, Dave is one of the all-time greatest. Great live show. I mean, it's I just love Dave Matthews, man. It's it's, it's a really, really good pick yeah. for sure. He did some really cool stuff during COVID when it first hit, some uh, Zoom stuff, but just him and his guitar oh. as well. It was fantastic stuff. Yeah, some so. of the best of him yeah. and, and Tim Reynolds when they get together and just go acoustic. Oh, yes, Radio City Music Hall show yep. is, is, you know, out there. That's great. Yeah. yeah, look him up on Spotify and just get lost in Dave Matthews. And there's nobody with yeah. a better voice and quirkiness and, and you know, just <laughs> the, the banter that the Dave babble. You gotta love it. Yeah, good good shows, good people. Um, yeah, f- absolutely not forgetting forgetting Dave. Yeah, for so get out and see him. If you have a chance and you haven't seen him, it's worth the Absolutely. trip. All right, NoosaCast listeners, uh, this is time for our throwback segment of the podcast. And we're rolling all the way back to 1996 this year, Joe. Right here. Uh, with Robin. Yes, Rockin' Robin. Yeah. 96, by the way, Tosh. Rockin' yes. Robin. Rockin' Robin in 96 was a fantastic year. Love that year. Yeah. It, if you think about two Brewer players that you grew up watching, um, Robin Yount and Paul Molitor. Yeah, without a doubt. Number 19, Robin Yount. I mean, he, he started in the big leagues at 18. I mean, that doesn't happen too right. often, even in this day. There's a couple of guys that have done it, but... Yeah, he came up as a shortstop, uh, but won, won an MVP yep. at shortstop, won an MVP at center field. Yeah, center what field. I mean, what an athlete. And that guy still looks fantastic. He looks like he can play right now, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he does. I've seen him in a couple of interviews. I think he is a part owner of the Lakeshore Chinooks, which is a uh, wood bat team, yeah. college team that plays down in Mequon. And uh, yeah, he's he comes on some of those interviews with the Brewers and stuff, and he still looks fantastic. Uh, you know, riding his Harley. Remember him riding his Harley into yes, County Stadium? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he was one of a kind. That he was, um, well, just just fluid. I mean, he was a leader of that team. Obviously, like like you said, you had Molitor, and you, you yeah. had you know Raleigh Fingers and and Gorman Thomas and Sixto Lascano. I mean, it, that was Harvey's Wallbangers back in the in the early '80s and competing. Right. You know, for NL titles, they made it to the World Series in, in '82 and, and lost to the to the Cardinals in heartbreak fashion. I still felt like they, yep. they well, they they didn't, but they should have won that series. They should have, yeah. yeah but um, yeah, those were exciting. And, and Robin Yount, of course, Uke has a famous call of his 3,000th hit. Um, I'll always yep. remember. I think it was Teddy Higuera. Remember that no hitter in Baltimore? Robin has that oh, yeah. diving catch to to save the no hitter in the ninth inning to. 
that that was just epic and Absolutely. he was just those long strides and and just uh, he was just a fantastic ball player really really fortunate that we got to watch yeah. him play growing up yeah just a fantastic athlete i mean you look at some of these players coming in these young players like uh ella de la cruz for cincinnati um he's what 19 yes. years old playing for them and you know he's he's huge though he's like six seven six eight uh but molitor at that time just you know an all-around athlete just looked yes. the part and uh just fluid I and mean, he was he was rocking robin he was one of the smoothest players that i can ever remember watching 100 yeah, percent agree and yeah i was just thinking too that there was a bunch of characters on that team remember jim gantner his banter yeah Gumby Gumby. always got the words wrong yeah. that's construction he used to yell to the to the umpire and he really meant obstruction <laughs> yep though they had don yeah. money yeah sal bando cecil cooper yeah. Uh, yeah, ben oh, Oglevy. Yeah, yeah, there was another guy with a sweet swing, Ben <laughs> Oglevy. Yeah, that was. Yeah, those are some great, great teams. Fun to watch. Um, you know that that's our that's our time. That's our youth, and we were watching. Actually, not watching because right. I had to listen because you couldn't get you couldn't get right. them on TV. So when you got them on TV, it was something special. But that's where you grew up listening to euchre and listening to classic baseball on the radio, Absolutely. which is something that I I still sometimes. I'll just go outside and listen to the game on the radio instead of watching it. No, on I, TV. I do too. I, I love I love radio both both football and and baseball. I mean, there's two excellent sports to to just sit back and listen to. It's how you're, like you said, it's how we grew up. Right. And it's it's enjoyable. Let let your mind take over. And I mean, we're we're so fortunate with a great play by play and and color analysis uh, analyst that kept uh, sounding like like Jim Gantner already. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we've had some great radio guys, uh, no doubt about it. Right. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Joe, and you can correct me on this, I believe that Robin had one of the highest um, first ballot entries into the Hall of Fame. Did he I not? believe you're correct, Tosh? I don't have the stats in front of me, but I, I yes, he yeah. uh, and and absolutely should be w well deserved. I, I mean, that guy was a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Three thousand hits. MVP at two different positions. I mean, come on, that that's a no-brainer. I think there was a classic commercial about that with uh, George. Yes, Brent. yes, yeah. Just kind of came to me. I forgot about that. And that was at yeah. a time too. The Brewers were in the American League back then, so so Brett and Yount right. went up against each other. It you know quite often those, those series. I still you know the handlebar the the uh, I should say the the Fu Manchu mustache and just mullet. he he was classic. Yeah, the mullet. He still oh, has absolutely it. just. Yeah, he still has it. He still looks like, like you said, he still looks like he can play. So, you know, the big thing in here, here is a, it's a shorter, is is it was when the Red Smith banquet was more of just guys coming yes. up and talking instead of being interviewed. So it's a shorter piece, but we think you're going to enjoy this. And um, hopefully, uh, if you like this, you can continue to look at our throwbacks on YouTube. Um, and if you like our podcast, you continue to look at anywhere you get your podcast and hit subscribe. And continue to get our podcast each Absolutely, week. Absolutely, Tash. We're on all the all the uh, social sites. So just type in NoosaCast where you wherever you're at, whether it's a podcast, YouTube, wherever, and it'll pop up. And and like Tosh said, you know we've done a dozen of these throwbacks now. This is the twelfth one that we've put out. So we have a nice selection of some are longer, some are shorter. I mean, you know, Bill Walton was what four weeks ago, and I think Bill is still continuing to talk but uh you know then you have robin yount and, and gilbert brown last week they're a little bit shorter but but sweet and to the point and it's it's great to great to see those guys again that uh you know an interview that we haven't seen in 30 years it's kind of cool to 
kind of cool to go sit back and listen to it again. Red Smith Sports Awards Banquet Throwback. Red Smith Award, of course, goes to someone who has made some unique contributions to sport in Wisconsin. And also epitomizes the great values that Red Smith exhibited. Let's give a Red Smith welcome. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very, very happy to have the opportunity of coming back here to present the 1996 Red Smith Award to, to a great individual, a great ball player, and a great friend, Robin Yount. Thanks, Judge Gannon. But that, that was a second baseman and a right fielder. I, I was going to end with this, but it's getting late, and I want to make sure some of the kids out there are still awake. They want me to say something to the kids out there that are, are benefiting from the banquet tonight. And I, I think. If I have any regret in my career, well, there, actually, there'd be two of them. Um, one of them would be that we'd played in a few more World Series. But the second one would have been that I, I would have gone to college before I signed to play professional ball. And if I, if I could emphasize any to, anything to the young people out there, I think it would be to Especially, I know this, this benefits the, the young athletes. This goes to the, the kids playing sports. I, I would just like to emphasize to them that, that they work as hard in the classroom as they do on the field. And I would really encourage them, especially in today's age of athletics in college being as good as they are, to go to college before you even think about any kind of professional career. There's a, there's a number of things that I wished I could have learned in college. I think I would have taken some sort of uh, business class and learned how to manage my finances. <laughs> I certainly would have taken an engineering class and I would rather, I would like to have understand, or understood better the way an IndyCar works. And I certainly would have taken a public speaking class so I'd be more comfortable up here. But anyhow, when they first called me, and asked me to be a recipient of the Red Smith Award. I'll be perfectly honest, I'm, I wasn't real sure what the Red Smith Award was. But when I saw the list of past recipients, it, it became very clear to me that it was, it was a great honor. I was, I was in Appleton this summer, actually, for the first time. And uh, it's changed a lot uh, since I was here. Uh, 
Not, not really for the better, in my opinion. <laughs> but actually, I, I, I've had a great time here the last two times, or this time and last time. Everyone's been very cordial, very hospitable here, and, and uh, I know you're real close to Green Bay, and I know we all feel a little bummed out right now about uh, what happened to, can I, can I call them our Packers? <laughs> I kind of feel a closeness to them. But, but you know, I can see a little bit of, uh, you know, the good teams we had in the late 70s and early 80s. It, I mean, we kind of moved one step at a time, getting closer and closer to finally making it to the World Series. And I, I can see that in the Packers right now. They're only a year away. I think they'll be there next year. I mean that honestly. You know, Randy's going to speak here a little bit later. We actually have something in common. Randy and I are both from the same part of the San Fernando Valley in, in, uh, uh, in L.A. And believe it or not, Randy and my brother-in-law, what did you guys, you played, you surfed together or you played Little League together or something like that. Yeah, so Randy and I, we go way back. <laughs> I'd like to congratulate Mr. Heeman, I've known him on and off, met him a number of times throughout the, or my career, and uh, there is no doubt he is one nice guy. And I will like to also congratulate all the local recipients tonight, and just thank you all for having me. Thanks for listening to the NoosaCast. We appreciate your support. If you haven't yet subscribed, please do so and tell a friend. A huge thanks to Digstown for all the music in today's episode. Catch a gig or find them on Spotify. Northeastern Wisconsin Sports Advancement is a 501c3 organization. Our mission is to raise money, provide support, and create awareness for youth sports organizations in northeastern Wisconsin. We do this primarily through the Red Smith Sports Award Banquet and the NoosaCast. Each year, we give back to the community through three initiatives, the Every Kid Plays, the Gives Back Initiative, and scholarships to student-athletes.